everyone, and welcome back to Cats Council. I'm your host, Catherine LaDuke, and today's episode topic is mental health, specifically mental health within Millis High School. Let's get into it. So I want to begin by getting some student responses to a question from my last episode. Alandra, how do you manage your anxiety here at school? Uh, sometimes I honestly just give up and I come back to the nurse's office and I'll do my work there, take a nap, you know, take a nice mental health day. It's always important. Cry. In the school bathroom, specifically. I honestly <laughs> don't. I just kind of let it take over and ruin my day. Uh, I go for walks when I think I need them. And sometimes I go and talk to Mr. A because he's just cool like that. So that's what I do. Um, I usually ask to go to the bathroom and then sit in the nurse's office and eat saltines for about half an hour. And then once I've kind of calmed down, I'll go back to class. Uh, I kind of just go to the bathroom and splash cold water on my face and wipe off all my makeup. I don't handle my anxiety. It's gotten too bad and I don't know how to fix it. So you get the idea. Students here at Millis High are struggling, and they're struggling all over the world for that matter. But what is the main source of their anxiety? My main source of anxiety is school. My main source of anxiety is school. My main source of anxiety is future plans. A list of things that make me anxious, so probably school, working in the fast food industry, that's horrible, Um, night classes, Um, Getting into college, that's a huge one. And um, yeah, that's pretty, just basically everything. (laughs) Honestly, everything stresses me out at this point. I'm interested though, because I think with such an open dialogue about mental health comes the replacement of certain words. Stress becomes anxiety, sadness becomes depression. Why is that? What is the difference? Hello, Miss Hilton. How are you today? I am doing very well, my dear. Thank you. How are you? I am fabulous. So I wanted to sit down with you today, bestie to bestie, but of course also (laughs) student to counselor, and have a quick conversation about the jargon that surrounds mental health right now. So I've noticed that a lot of students and just people in general tend to use the word anxiety as a replacement for stress feeling depressed as a replacement for feeling sad. How do you, as essentially a professional in the field, consider the terms to be different? I think essentially is a big word. I'm definitely not (laughs) 100% a professional yet, but um, it's an awesome question. And those are very real emotions to be dealing with. Um, I think the biggest difference between stress and anxiety is the presence of a trigger, right? So what I mean by that is typically when we're stressed, it's tied to a specific situation, Um, once that situation resolves, so does your stress. So for example, for you right now, you're probably pretty stressed about college. Um, however, come April, you're going to know where you're going and that stress is going to relieve. And then that might turn into nervousness or excitement. So of course, stress, and it's not always short lived. Of course, there are cases of like chronic stress. However, if we're just focusing on, you know, general stress versus anxiety, that's kind of like the main point for that. Anxiety is a different animal. Um, It doesn't always have a specific stressor. Anxiety is more like an emotion that's followed by, you know, feelings of tension or worried thoughts or sometimes like even physical reactions, like a shortness in breath or high blood pressure. It's not the same as even like fear or stress, but it's very similar. Um, One way I like to think about anxiety is that it's a lot more future oriented where, you know, fear or stress, those are more present oriented. 
So anxiety versus stress is more like short, short term versus like long term. And um, in psychology, there's this thing called the DSM-5 or the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual um, that describes, you know, mental health. And it describes anxiety as excessive worry and apprehensive expectations occurring, occurring more days than not for at least six months about a number of events or activities such as work or school performance. And what you can feel with anxiety is restlessness or feeling keyed up or on edge, easily fatigued, difficulty concentrating or your mind going blank, irritability, muscle tension, sleep disturbance, either falling or staying asleep. Um, so with sadness, you know, that's a human emotion that we've all felt or experienced at a certain time in our, in our lives. So, for example, when you lose a loved one, you lose a family pet or the loss of a friendship, it's kind of a natural reaction to things that upset us or cause us pain. And, of course, there are varying degrees of sadness, but like other emotions such as stress, sadness is temporary and it does fade in time. Depression, it's long-term. Um, there's also a difference between feeling depressed versus being diagnosed with depression. Um, depression is a form of mental illness that impairs a person's ability socially, occupationally, and like with their overall functionality. And if it is left untreated, depression symptoms and the effects of depression can last a long time. So like stress, sadness is typically trigger-induced. It's fleeting, and in time it will pass. Depression, on the other hand, can affect all aspects of your life. And it may be hard to enjoy anything. And some people have even described depression as feeling disconnected to your body. Um, and, you know, it is mental illness. It's not emotion. It's not something that just goes away. So there are also the DSM-5 uh, has nine potential symptoms of depression. And these are the symptoms. It's feeling depressed throughout each day on most or all days. A lack of interest and enjoyment in activities you used to find pleasurable. Trouble sleeping or sleeping too much trouble eating or eating too much, coupled with weight gain or weight loss, irritability, restlessness, or agitation, extreme fatigue, unwarranted or exaggerated feelings of guilt or worthlessness, inability to concentrate or make decisions, and then, you know, suicidal thoughts or actions, and thinking a lot about death or dying. And of course, in those situations, you should talk to your doctor if you do experience these symptoms for prolonged periods of time. So that's kind of the different differentiation. And I know it's a lot and it's lengthy, but there are differences between them. And do you think it's important that we differentiate these terms so that students know how to deal with what they're fearing, feeling and are able to properly describe what they're feeling? Yeah, of course. I mean, like little things, I think that knowledge is power. The more that we're informed, the more tools we have in our toolbox to help support ourselves and the ones that we love. I absolutely think that differentiating these terms is important because if we're able to describe how we feel, we'll know what we need to get help. Um, for a clinical diagnosis of depression, there are treatment options available, including therapeutic techniques, medication, lifestyle changes, etc. So, of course, speaking to your doctor or medical professional is key to finding the treatment plan for your unique circumstances and knowing when to ask and how to advocate for ourselves is a life skill, and it's through that understanding of ourselves that we can do so. Um, something that, you know, I've learned in time is that our emotions are our, our body's way of communicating to us what's going on. And they are bodily reactions to experiences and our feelings are what help us understand them. So, you know, the more connected we are to our emotions, the easier it is to deal with life experiences or challenges and why they impact us in certain ways. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for coming to talk with me, Miss Helton. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Over the past couple of years, Millis High has worked to provide more support for students through collaborations with mental health organizations such as Active Minds, Kyle Cares, and the Jed Foundation. All right, so I am so lucky to be sitting down with the lovely Mrs. Morrill. Mrs. Morrill, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. Thank you. How are you? I am great. So we're going to start out pretty broad. Um, You are the club proctor for our Active Minds chapter here at MHS. So for those who don't know, can you explain what Active Minds is and how it differs from the Kyle Cares organization? Absolutely. So the Active Minds organization is a, a national organization that has curriculum and speakers and other resources available um, and sets up chapters nationwide. Kyle Cares is more of a local organization that was founded after a family lost their son to suicide. And that organization, when they established themselves, decided not to recreate the wheel, but to look out there for existing resources that they could match people up with. Gotcha. So they kind of collab with each other. To exactly. Create. Gotcha. Okay. And then what specifically motivated you to become the proctor for our chapter here at MHS? So I have had personal experience with families um, losing their children to suicide on a couple of occasions, and I feel it's just an epidemic at this point. And also here at Millis, I've been here four years now, and I've seen a lot of kids that just really need somebody to talk to. So I feel like this is a great opportunity for us. Absolutely. What do you think, do you think there's anything that the school could be doing better to support the students here? You know, I've been trying to think about that, and I think we actually do a very good job here in Millis. I think the teachers are really caring. I think the program offerings during Flex are designed for mental health, or, you know, we're trying to incorporate more uh, choices. And I feel like... Um, you know, the small school, big family really speaks volumes to this issue. I agree. So do you think there's anything, as members of this small school, of this big family, do you think there's anything us as students we could be doing to better ourselves or better our peers who are suffering through mental illness? I think, you know, for everyone, staff, students, et cetera, I do think that there are students that still feel isolated within our small community. And I feel like reaching out beyond um, your normal circles and looking to engage with people that maybe don't have a niche and don't have a group and just trying to let them know that they're not alone. Absolutely. Okay, so finally, we see you rocking some awesome sweatshirts and swag with positive quotes on them in the hallway. So where can we find some of those for ourselves? I have a couple of great websites that I love to use. One is uh, Happy, H-A-P-P-I-I. And that's actually, I believe, founded here in Massachusetts. And they have fantastic stuff. It's a little expensive, but it's fantastic. The other organization is called One in Five, and it is a mental health organization similar to Active Minds based in Ohio that has really um, good information, good um, things that you can buy and share with others. Absolutely. So I'm going to throw those links in the podcast description for anyone that wants to shop on those. So Miss Morrill, you're the best. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. We all appreciate you and everything you do here at Mills High so, so much. So thank you. Thanks for having me. So anyone who is interested in joining Active Minds, feel free to reach out to myself or Miss Morrill. We meet J-Day's first and second lunch in Mr. A's room. Hello, 
Mr. Audicki. Welcome to Cats Council. How are you today? Hey, Catherine. Doing great. Thanks for having me over here today. Awesome. We love to have you. So this episode of the podcast is part of a campaign project with the Jed Foundation. So for those who don't know, can you give us a quick explanation of what the Jed Foundation is and what they do within our school? Yeah, sure. So we, uh, a couple years back, uh, we had started doing some work with the Kyle Cares organization. Um, it's an organization that was started by a gentleman in North Attleboro, Jim Johnson, who unfortunately, um, he and his family, they lost their son um, to suicide a few years back. And so um, in connecting with them, they've been a huge support to us in providing resources, funding, um, grant money for different initiatives that we've had here over the last few years. And they actually brought to our attention this JED High School program, which I hadn't heard of before until we did it. Um, but the they had been on college campuses, really kind of doing an audit of mental health services and supports at different colleges. And they decided to transition their model to not only do the college piece, but also to do the high school piece. So um, we were one of the first probably 20 to 30 schools in the country that jumped on the high school initiative. Uh, Kyle Cares helped to fund it for us. Um, We started with them at the beginning of last year. We have a huge interdisciplinary team of maybe 20 to 22 um, teachers, parents, students, Um, it's it's pretty cool that this many people wanted to jump on board and the work is really around taking a look at what we offer students, um, how we support them, what our mental health supports look like and how we can improve our programming as we go forward. And so this is the first, we're in the second year now of what's going to be a three-year process with them. Awesome. Gotcha. So you've been here at Millis High for quite some time now, not to age you or anything, but (laughs) no, not at all. (laughs) Never. So what differences have you noticed regarding all things mental health throughout your time here? The dialogue about it and overall decline or improvement in the student body, anything like that? Uh, Yeah. You know, it's interesting because obviously I was a school counselor, you know, I was a school counselor. um, You dealt with it. Yeah. You know, long before I became a principal and you know, over the course of time, you know, wherever I've been, like kids always go through stuff. I mean, we always have challenges along the way and, you know, being Millis is a small town, like we're not immune to those things. So, um, you know, I, I think we've dealt with a lot of different issues around mental health, substances, um, family situations, friends that you name it over the course of the years. Uh, I would say, you know, having not taking on the principal's job till December of 2020 and spending obviously, you know, some of that time, you know, I, I was your school counselor. Yeah. So, um, you know, spending that time while we were shut down over COVID, you know, we, you know, we as a group in our advisory, mm-hmm. um, cause Catherine and I were yep. in the same advisory together. We met, we met all the time and we, talked about stuff and got real about it over COVID for sure. Yeah. But I think you would say the same thing. Like it was the isolation part of it that you felt was crazy. Yeah, like it was we tough. Were, yeah. I mean, we were used to coming in as a group, having fun, having mm-hmm. our snacks, talking about school and here we are and everybody's jumping on zoom and we're, you know, um, you know, everybody's in their bedroom. Some people are just waking up. Uh, one of our kids has shown us his fancy fridge all the time, you know? Um, so it was, it was definitely for me, I knew at that time I wanted to try to stay connected with people because it was incredibly isolating. And I think it was nice to be able to see the group that we had together, but I think there were a lot of people that you never saw what was happening on the outside. No, I absolutely. think, um, and I think for friend groups, I think it was challenging. You know, there were some groups that kind of potted together, um, and stayed with each other. And then you missed out on some kids that you did typically hang out with, you know, and then we spent a period of time, we were all in masks and you couldn't really read emotion on people's faces and see how people were doing. Uh, and, you know, family struggled at different times through this. So I think from a mental health standpoint, 
these were, you know, challenges and things that as a counselor were like, you, I knew the day to day and kind yeah. of what you'd find. This was whole uncharted territory. And if I had to be honest, you know, in the last couple of years, just seeing the challenges that we've had with kids, um, I think we, we tipped the scales a little bit on some very real difficulties for students yeah. and families um, that, you know, we're going to be picking up the pieces of for a little while. Yeah, so, so you would attribute the majority of these changes to the pandemic and to what that did to us as a student body. Yeah, I mean, I think you had, I think you were still going to have our challenges, yeah, right? No, but absolutely. But I, I definitely think that this exacerbated it for sure. Like, oh, I, I no question in my mind about that. I think any of the counselors here would tell you that. I think if you talk to principals and counselors all around the state, They'd tell you the same thing. They would thing. say the same thing. Yeah, because no, yeah, those conversations with that we have in our groups are very, we're all dealing with the same yeah. things. You know, I I would say coming into this year, there's a lot better feel to things. There's a lot more normalcy. I don't know if you feel no, that the vibe is No, the vibe is up. The vibe is definitely better for sure. Yeah. But you can tell with morale and school spirit all around, things are feeling so much better. I completely agree. A little bit. And that doesn't mean things aren't happening. No, you no, know? not at all. Yeah, we're still facing some challenges. And I think kids that were still dealing with stuff over the last couple of years, like that's not going away. But um, my, my hope is that we can kind of look for look forward to a little bit to the future and not dwell on all the stuff that happened in the past. I think people had there's people did build a lot of resiliency over the last couple of years too. Absolutely. And I think we have to give ourselves a little bit of grace to say like, yep, it sucked. That's okay. <laughs> We're moving past We got to move past yep. it a little bit here and support each other in that way. And I hope that um, you know, I, I hope as students, as staff, as everybody, I think we've tried to show as much grace and gratitude and care and kindness towards people that yeah. we can, but that we can't lose sight of that because it's, um, it's, I think needed now more than it, it ever has been. And I, and I don't know, I, I would imagine you probably, you see it from the student perspective, you know, Absolutely. I'm sure you'd probably feel the same way. Yeah. So what is the school specifically doing right now from your inside position? What is the school doing right now in order to better the mental health of the student body or work towards making that conversation more open and more understanding? Well, I th honestly, like this right here, yeah. you know, like I, th I think, you know, what, what you're doing, this podcast that you've put together, I think is, is huge. Like I, you know, I, I wonder, and I don't know, I, I know this is, this is not my interview, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but would you have thought the, pr the premise of what you're doing for this podcast, would this have come to your mind? two years ago, three years ago. Do I don't think, think so, honestly, because my original intent was advice, right? And I think it's funny because I, I pitched it that I was like, it's funny that I'm the kind of person that would be giving advice to people because I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about. But I think it's helpful, and especially for younger students, to hear from older students about all these kind of things. So that's where this really came from. And I guess you're right. I didn't think about it like that. I think you know, the things that I went through during COVID, the things we all went through, I think that inspired me to kind of talk more about these sort of things and have a more open conversation. So absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know what, and you saying that, that leads me kind of like to the one of the big things that I think that we're doing was uh, last year, we had a big assembly where Jim Johnson from Kyle Cares came in and talked to us a little bit about this Active Minds organization, which was a student run group geared at, um, Spreading, spreading the message to people that like getting help and finding the resources that you need around mental health is okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, if something's going on, it's okay to say something and ask for help. I think for so many people that is, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, and so the more we can normalize that conversation, the better. Uh, we've started the Active Minds group in school this year, which I know you've seen them. Yep. Like, you're out, you're at the green bandanas. Mm -hmm, you know, absolutely. I mean, that's just a piece of it, but I think, um, that group, uh, Ms. Morrill, uh, is doing a fantastic job leading the group. We had, I 
want to say around like 60 kids that joined. Yeah. And it's really just student run. I mean, Miss Morrill's there. She guides the ship. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the kids really run the, the Take dialogue. Take the wheel. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And honestly, I think if that change is going to happen, it has to come from it has to come from the students out. I think his staff, you know, you know, I mean, as, as adults, right? Like we say the same things all yeah. the time. Like I, you hear like, you feel, I feel like a lot of times they sound cliche, but it's really not because no. you're just trying to go on your past life experience. But I think you, you said it at the beginning of this, appears talking about this stuff with peers makes a difference. That's that's the big thing. Yeah. And Absolutely. you doing this, Catherine, is like, that's a part of that. Yeah, you know? I appreciate and, that. Yeah, so I mean, that's just one thing we're doing. I mean, I obviously this whole thing we're doing with Jed mm-hmm. uh, is a big piece of that too. We've got probably 15 different action steps that they gave us that we're going to try to put into place this year. You know, and that's anything from like um, upping the game on our peer mentoring program to making sure that our counselors are having one-on-one meetings with all of our freshmen to, um, you know, I'm hoping to institute like an anonymous reporting system if you're concerned or afraid for a friend yeah. that you can be able to report that. And my hope is we can get something like that in place over the next year. Um, you know, a lot of those different things. The Metro West Health Survey that you all took last that year. That we love so much. You love the Metro <laughs> West Health Survey. You've been taking that since when? Since so seventh, seventh grade, grade? maybe. Yeah. yeah, seriously. Seventh grade. You know, and I know you laugh about it. No, but we don't We don't see it. But I know on the other side, like it does help and it does give you valuable information. So as much as we complain, it is important. It is important. Yeah. I, and we have, um, we last year we made it a priority to hire uh, in part of the budget a new town social worker. So Amy Leone, who... Uh, runs Community Impact out of Milford. Uh, they have a, a network of counselors. She's actually our town social worker now. And she's going to help us, like, going through the Metro West data and looking at different things that we can do from interventions with our students here at school. And she's already been reaching out to, like, families around town. She's not just for the school. She's for the whole, the town. whole town. So she works with police and fire and us and the town. So it's, it's a, you know, I think we're trying to do everything we can to try to put the programming in place for a small school in a small town like this to be able to support the people that we have here. Because, you know, it's a it's a fantastic community. It's a really supportive community. But there's a lot of stuff that happens that we don't know. Um, and I think the more that we can make people aware that there is help out there and that they can find it and not feel bad about it um, or worry about it, I think the better we can be. Because it's hard to find therapists right now. It's yeah. hard to find counselors. So if we can help, you know, we can help in that way i think it's i think we're making big steps forward so we got a long way to go awesome thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with me today mr radicky i really appreciate it absolutely Catherine. thanks for having me thank you let's hear from the student body one more time millis high what do you think the school could do better to support students suffering from mental health issues I feel like teachers could do a monthly check-in with their students to see if they're doing okay with like a Google form. Uh, They could also kind of like aesthetically change their classroom because I know some teachers have like LED lights on the whiteboards and other stuff so it's not always like a bright like classroom because I mean sometimes if I'm sitting in a classroom for over an hour and it's bright and stuff like that I usually tend to get headaches so I feel like that could help. Designated times in class to talk about how things are going and some inspirational posters to brighten up the hallways would be cool. I think the teachers just need to have more empathy and be a little more understanding to the students because the last thing anybody wants to do when they think are thinking about like killing themselves is the freaking ed puzzle. So I think 
it would go a long way if we all just kind of like if they just took a moment to talk to us and maybe figure out what's going on and how they can help whether it's just giving us an extension or maybe going a little easier on the grading because we just don't need to pile on more and more stress to what we already have. So there's some food for thought for you guys. Here at Millis High, while we have made great strides in supporting students, we still have some way to go. Right now is an especially difficult time for mental health. With seasonal depression and the holidays and college applications, everything can feel like too much to handle sometimes. The most important thing is that as a community, we continue to do whatever we can to work towards understanding the intricacies of mental health and making our school system a place where all students feel comfortable asking for help. It's okay to not be okay. And remember, I am always here for you guys. I'm Catherine LaDuke, and I'll see you next time on Cats Council.